Good morning. It is Monday, the fifth day of June, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning today, a new week, with our same prayer of consecration. We want to pray this prayer until this prayer is praying us, okay? Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I'm imagining every time I say that, that you're actually saying the second part with me, and Christ will shine on you. Maybe by now you want to say the whole thing with me. It's fine. But I just wanted to point that out. Start again. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a holy and living sacrifice to you. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our entry today is called Welcome to the Second Half of the Gospel. And our prayer, excuse me, our text is Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. This is a long reading, so bear with us and hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, 
if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. Romans 8 introduces us to what I like to call the second half of the gospel. This is the territory of great awakening. Why do I say this? Because most self-identifying Christians are not really pressing into Romans 8 so much. They're still back in Romans 5 and 6 territory as it relates to their faith and living more in a Romans 7-esque experience of anemic growth and arrested development. And if you don't believe me, take a look at this five-minute video we made on day one of Seedbed, now over 10 years ago, and you can see that link in the email today. really going to push you to watch it. Here's why I call Romans 8 the territory of Great Awakening. When the church wakes up to the second half of the gospel, the world will wake up to the first half of the gospel. See what I mean? The world is simply not going to wake up as a result of the witness of a lot of half-baked Christians. So what about this movement from the first half of the gospel to the second half of the gospel? Here's a sketch. The second half of the gospel is the big shift from Romans 5 and 6 to Romans 8. From Jesus is my Savior to Jesus is my Lord. From the Holy Spirit is an interesting idea to the Holy Spirit is an infused reality, from deliverance from the penalty of sin to deliverance from the power of sin, from forgiveness for sins to freedom from sin, from justification by grace through faith to sanctification by grace through faith, from Lord, you took me out of Egypt to Now take Egypt out of me. From God as king and judge to God as Abba, Father. From true in principle to true in fact. From Christian in name to Christian in game. From a life of commitment to a life of consecration. From I'm not perfect, just forgiven, to I'm not just forgiven, I'm being made perfect. Again, the big idea. 
When the church wakes up to the second half of the gospel, the world will wake up to the first half of the gospel. That will be a great awakening. And then we will be ready to lead them into the fullness of the second half. It makes sense, doesn't it? When a person who says they're a Christian actually begins to live the Christian life, people take note. And that's when they start taking notes. And if you didn't take time to watch the five-minute video, now would be a good time. And no comments on how much I've aged. (laughs) Wink, wink. The prayer. Father. I'm ready for the second half of the gospel. I'm ready for the life-giving law of the Spirit to be the governing dynamic of my life. I'm ready to leave behind the country of a compromised life. Thank you, Jesus, for this life, which is your life in my life. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit who makes this life real. I'm ready. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question. Does the first half, second half framework help you make sense of how the gospel works? Are you ready? What holds you back? In the hymn. This week, we will be singing one of the all-time greatest hits of Charles Wesley. Love divine, all loves excelling. It's hymn number 88 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. We're going to take our time as it could fairly be called the theme song of the second half of the gospel. It's dense with theology, and we need to digest the depths of what we're singing. Hymn number 88. I'm going to sing in a little bit slower pace. We're not going to sing all the verses today. In fact, maybe we'll just sing one verse. Love divine, all loves excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling. All thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion. Your unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Say more about why I'm coughing here. Maybe that's another reason why we should only sing one verse today. But I wanted to give a P.S. today, if I could. I apologize for that. P.S. I made it back from England, and I want to thank you all for praying for me. I was there with my friend Pete Gregg, who, along with some friends of his, started a festival several years ago called the Wildfires Festival. It was profound. It, it was, I'll have to say at the start here, it was a hard trip for me. I, I hadn't traveled internationally in a few years. It's been before, before COVID. 
but uh, boy, it kind of walloped me. I think my first day turned out to be like a 48-hour day, the way I had planned my travel. And uh, <clears throat> leaving early one day and only getting, getting there very early the next day. And then, anyway, I didn't really sleep for, for 48 hours. I wound up getting sick. And the Lord was was gracious and merciful to me. I was able to get up on that stage in front of the, I don't know, there must have been 4,000 people there and declare the gospel. Um, and then I actually slept an entire day and night. Then I had the last two days really, really in pretty good shape. But I was there to bear witness to some of the work of God in the outpouring at Asbury College University this past winter. You know, we had a session on here a month or so ago where we, we brought on some of the folks that were there. And, of course, we were there for almost the whole time. Talk about what we're learning. And uh, actually, Dan Wilt and I are going to be leading a course this summer. I'd love for you all to participate in that in July. You can see it in the email, I think, again. How to receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's tremendous interest in this all over the world. And in fact, it is moving and stirring all over the world. In fact, I sense that it's actually happening there. There was such a quality of the presence of Jesus in the midst of this gathering. And some of it has to do, I believe, with the fact that, you know, England is once one of the great beacons of the gospel has just become a very secular country. I mean, it was kind of captured for me in one of the people I prayed for. A woman came up to me after the session I taught in, and she was just so heavy and burdened. I mean, understandably, she says to me, she says, my husband is an anti-theist and my son is an atheist. And I'm like, well, that just about says it over so much of the condition of England, if not all of Europe. My husband is an anti-theist, and my son is an atheist. And here she was out in the English countryside for, for four days being immersed in the people of God and the Holy Spirit and the teaching of Jesus. And boy, did we pray. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that sometimes as dark as the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. And where the church is alive in England, it is flourishing far more than most churches I see in America. Uh, and all the quality of faith and the movement of the Spirit and ministry and deliverance and healing. All that I saw at Asbury, I saw right here at this festival uh, on this country estate. And uh, I also I had the great serendipity to get to meet the, I of course call them the farmers, but 
really the, 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 the proper term there would be lords. They own this estate, uh, the Whiston estate. I called him the Lord of the Vale. His name was Harry Goring and his son Rick. My gosh, princely men of God who have reclaimed these thousands of acres uh, for the Lord. Their wife, Pip, they say she's prayer walked this place for decades. And I hope to share some of the, I, sh- I took a little video of, of them t- telling about just how this land had turned over and over and over, over the centuries. I mean, you know, in America, we feel like uh, something's old if it's been there a hundred years. And and there, that's just a baby. We're talking over a thousand years old. Anyway, I could go on about this other than to say, I just want to make the point that the I felt very in the Lord's hands. I felt just like fishes and loaves being multiplied and given out and being a part of the blessing of God in this meeting. I I was able to speak to, like I say, thousands of people under this big tent. And then Pete uh, had brought together 60 of the top leaders in the church in England for an evening session one night. And, And I got to speak and encourage them in their work very complex church landscape there. And uh, Pete Gregg, he's just one of my heroes. Uh, also got to be there with people like Tyler Staten from Bridgetown Church in Portland and, of course, Tim Hughes and Pete Hughes, who are both pastors, worship leaders at uh church in Birmingham, Gas Street, and uh, KXC, I believe it's called in, in central London, Rich Wilson and his wife. Uh, it, this, was, this was a group of churches who come together. They, they bring their people. They all just sort of drop everything and come out into the countryside for a few days to have festival in the presence of God. It'd be a great thing for us to think about. How could we do that? Anyway... I digress. I need to stop. Such a blessing to have had you praying with me. I felt like you all were with me. And I'll say more, tell more stories as time goes on. That's a wrap for today. It's Monday. I'm still kind of getting over what I got there. But uh, today, load up the seed and to sow the seed. Every day we're sowing is a day in the future when awakening is growing. So for the awakening... I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.